Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. All right, everybody. It is Wednesday night, September 14th, 2022. This is the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, the man with the award-winning beard, representing NXT Black and Gold, baby, for a particular reason that we're going to talk about a little bit later on. I'm going to go around the room and uh, introduce the rest of my tag team partners here. First, a man destined to go through a barbershop window, Bucky's tag team partner, Jason. Jason, how are you tonight, bud? I'm doing wonderful. How are you, bud? Uh, hanging in there, man. I got one more day, one more day at work, and then I'm on a cruise for the weekend. And, I, man, I am so ready. I am ready to just check out. I'm excited for you, man. Yeah, I man. appreciate that. <laughs> and from the Rob the Genius podcast, the deacon of data, the father of facts and figures, the minister of truth, Mr. Rob, how's your night? Not too bad. And I'm beginning to prepare my defense for the – for uh, when we go, we're going to talk about the PWI 500, but I'm going to be preparing my defense for one of their other lists that's coming <laughs> coming later uh, this year. When, when do they release the women's list? Um, I don't. Well, uh, prop maybe next month because next you know, month. So they're they're not released simultaneously. I half yeah. pay attention to it anymore. Yeah, because it's such a it's such a bullshit list. All right, but. <laughs> <clears throat> but in the interest of talking about it, we are going to start off tonight talking a little bit PW, PWI 500. The list was dropped this week, uh, or today actually, not just this week, today. And uh, the the usual breathe heavies were already at it within minutes of you know Twitter getting a hold of it. Um, basically, starting off the list at number one, no surprise to anybody, Roman Reigns, the tribal chief, the head of the table, the man that puts the food <clears throat> on everyone's plates. Well-deserved. He's had a hell of a run for the last almost 36 months. I, is anybody in this in this, uh, in this this particular chat surprised by this? No. Well, um, only that they didn't pick somebody else just to, to piss people off. Yeah, yeah. But they, but they are. They, but they, go ahead. No, I was just saying they've done it before. I mean, they picked him number one before. Um, and actually, that was when he was way more controversial. Yeah. So, but well, in it, again, it's hard trying. to argue. He's become a force of nature. He is the top draw in the industry. <clears throat> and it's hard to look at his matches over the last year and say, nah, he's not that good. Because the guy has not missed. Like, he really well, has not missed in the last 24 months. He's, I mean, and again, much like the reminders that we need to give people on a, on a, uh, once, a regular basis, you know, CM Funk. WrestleMania main events at zero. Psycho said to Psycho Sid two. Yes. Uh, well, as the PWI 500 goes from June to June, and it is 100% kayfabe, boys and girls. Yes. So, yes. so when you talk about like booking, and you talk about what this guy did out like charity work, and this guy was an asshole, and blah 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 blah. It They're not taking all that into consideration. It does not factor in. We're just looking at the guy who held the top promotions, top title, and beat Brock Lesnar twice along the way. 
In fact, I have the criteria here in front of me. Okay, go ahead and throw that out there, and then I'm going to get into the top 10 and just throw some interesting things out here, some stuff that I found interesting. Okay, so the criteria, in-ring achievement, that means one loss record, championships, and tournaments won. Influence, which is described as visibility and prestige within a promotion and or the industry. Technical ability, quality of moves, matches, and ring psychology. And competition, success against the most varied and highest quality opponents available. So, all right, before we get into the list, just, just to run through these, Roman Reigns has lost one match over the period here. Um, the period is from July 1st of 2021 to June 30th of 2022. He lost one match. Now He lost to Seth Rollins by disqualification at the Royal Rumble. That's it. All right, and I'm in strictly talking singles competition here because he looked at him and the Usos may have lost a six man or something or you know at a house show or something. Yeah, if you're taking house shows into <clears> consideration. <throat> I mean, but even but even if you do, I mean, I mean he beat Drew McIntyre at a bunch of house shows. If you want to take that into consideration, so that that's there. Yeah. Uh, and he so over that period he beat Edge, he beat John Cena, he beat Finn Balor twice, he beat Brock Lesnar twice, he uh, he won a triple threat against Bobby and Big E. Um, he beat Goldberg and he beat Matt Riddle in June. Uh, he beat Montez Ford last fall. Um, so he is, you know, so he has beaten a variety of high quality opponents. Yeah. You can't, you know, you can't say there was not a high. And then, so you, you cannot, so he, he aces the competition. Technical ability is subjective. We, I mean, we don't need to bother, but that's subjective. Um, Influence, he's the top man in the industry for since for well, he's been that for several years, but he it's been unquestioned <laughs> the last two years. So, you know, he aces that and he aces the one loss record in the championships and everything. So he aces every category more than anybody else. That's... Interestingly enough, and this was one that I found, Okada, <laughs> who wasn't even in the top twenty last year's number two. Now, Rob, you follow New Japan a bit more closely than I do. Has, has Okada rebound? Has he rallied this year? Um, I think he's won a bunch more stuff. Um, and I think he may have been champion for a bit during the period. So I, I don't think he's champion right now. But, um, yeah, I do think um, he had. So from last June to this year, yeah, I think he uh, he did pretty well for himself. So I just, you know what, um, I would say I would not argue with him being number two. Yeah. Because no, um, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I would. I would. Yeah, I wouldn't argue. I would not argue with him being number two, um, because he, yeah, I mean he's won a bunch of stuff over the last year. So I think yeah, I think it's fine putting him in number two. Right. Looking at it objectively, I've got the top 10 up here. Okada's number two, CM Punk number three, Adam Page number four, Lashley number five, Lashley down from number three last year. Cody Rhodes went up five spots to number uh, six. He was number 11 last year. Brian Danielson at number seven, he went up 29 spots. Um, <clears throat> the guy, and I'm gonna, I know I'm going to mispronounce this, El Hio del Viking, uh, up 34 spots from number 42, cracking the top 10. Biggie at number nine, and then uh, Jonathan Gresham at number ten. I have a you know knowing what I know about the people on the list that I do know, I have a hard time arguing that top ten. Oh no, because um, it's I think it's fine, and 
Uh, Jonathan Gresham, he was the Ring of Honor Pure Champion for much of last year. And then he won the Ring of Honor World Championship in December at Final Battle. And he defended that up until, what, like July of this year? July or August of this year. Well, I mean, it was, he, he had it to August of this year. And he defended it. He took it around to different, you know, like indie companies he defended. He defended it on AEW television a few times. Um, so he he won a lot of stuff. And so him being at number 10 is more than fair. Yeah. Jason, you got any thoughts on any of this so far? As I catch you with a mouthful of food, I'm really good at that. I'm like the waitress. I wait until you have food in your mouth, and then I ask if you need anything. No. You could argue about, like, little things like, yeah, this guy should be ahead of that guy. This guy should be ahead of that guy. But say that top 10, I go – I'm not going to fight you too hard on it. No. Because yeah. all the guys on that list are either deserving or they're uh, – they're, I don't know enough about what Okada's been doing. So yeah. but if you tell me Okada – any any year ever, you tell me Okada's in the top ten, I go, all right. Yeah. yeah. O- o- Okada's a top ten guy any year he's active. Yes. You know, that's just you – can't, you can't deny that. One interesting note, getting out of the top 10 into the uh, 10 to 20, Matt Cordona makes a huge leap, a huge leap. Last year, he was 297, all the way up 284 spots to number 13. And that was one that I found really interesting because when you think of everything that that guy has done since he left WWE, outside of Cody Rhodes, has there anyone who in the last five years has left WWE who's been more successful on the indies? Than Matt Cordona. No. No. I don't think so. You know, these without without doing, you know, bits in in you know impact and this and that. And I mean obviously he showed up in impact a couple of times. Well and he but, did one night he did one dynamite for uh, AEW. He came out and he, I think he was either rescued Cody or he was Cody's tag team partner or something like that. Yeah, and that was it. So yeah, uh, for I mean for, he's been Kicking ass, winning championships, and taking names since he left WWE. So, yeah. again, I don't follow every single move of, you know, Matt Cordona's career. But, again, from ten thousand feet, yeah, sure, yeah, that's, yeah. I'm not arguing. And I, I totally agree with that. And look, he, he's one of those people who, he went out there and he completely embraced it once he was at, once he got released. He did. He basically yeah. did did the same type of thing Cody did. He went out there and he embraced it. Right. Yeah. Here. Yeah, you know. and, and dude, if you had asked me, like, would you, hey, check this out, Matt Cordona's, or excuse me, Zach Ryder's going to get fired, and then he's going to, um, he's going to become like a really, actually respectable hardcore wrestler, and I was like, I'd be like, no, you're stop it. What are you yeah, talking? And now about? he's out here doing GCW death matches. Yeah, yeah and, like like the internet that, wrestling champion yeah. Zach Ryder is out here doing death matches. That's amazing. Hey, that's not my thing, but. He every all the pictures and videos and stuff I've seen, he has thrown both feet into the water there. So yeah, yeah. good job, buddy. So yeah, no. I, I and my thoughts on the neck on the ten to twenty. I, I kind of feel I'm in line with my top ten as well. I mean, there's as a Seth Rollins mark, I could argue Seth's spot on this list, but for kayfabe's sake, I will not. Um, but yeah, going down the list, uh, eleven uh, is Takagi. Uh, ten is Jonathan Gresham. We talked about him. 11 is uh, Takagi, 12 is John Moxley. Moxley actually down six spots this year, but he also spent part of the year injured and had some personal issues. So 
yeah. you, you kind of have to take that into consideration. He may have actually ranked higher given that at least at this point in time, he is probably the most important person on AEW's roster. Yeah. Um, again, Matt Cordona, number 13, Josh Alexander up massive, uh, 93 points from oh. 107 last year to yeah. 14 this year. Uh, he well, he won the Impact World Championship, and he is an absolutely excellent. He is one of the the best wrestlers, period, right now. Yeah. All I right. Will, I will second that as well. I do not enjoy his gimmick. I do not enjoy much of his presentation. But goddamn, I will watch that guy wrestle anyone. Yeah, uh, he's a, he's the opposite of the before the bell rings all star. He's the after the bell rings all star. <laughs> hey, bell the bell. He's badass. It's everything else that he's still working on. Yeah. Please, God, just ring the bell, guy. Yeah. <laughs> number 15, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Number 16, MJF. Number 17, Seth Rollins. I'm still a little bitter about that one. I think Seth should have been closer to number 10. Bro, but again, not going to breathe heavy over it. All year getting his shit kicked in. God, he spent this whole year making motherfuckers look good and putting out bangers. See, I know. I know the criteria. Yeah. Kayfabe, baby, kayfabe. Yeah, let, me, yeah. let, me, let me take the thinking cap off and let's let's get back to get back let's to kayfabing it. Number eighteen, Adam Cole. Number nineteen, Kenny Omega falling eighteen spots from last year's number one. That was notable drop number one. But again, Kenny spent most of this year, at least part of this year, injured. So and, again, that's kind of an unfair comparison. And for the rest of the year, yeah, he was he was the champ and he was wrestling. But he was not wrestling to Kenny Omega standards. You could tell that guy was like... And, and I don't think that the uh, that whole angle with Impact helped him at all. No. Absolutely like, not. I seriously think like, that whole thing was a disaster from... from and, and there was a podcast that called it from day one that they were going to shit the bed with that Impact angle, and they did. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, no, no big surprise there to Kenny Omega dropped as far as he did. And rounding out the top 20, again, falling massively, a 16 points from number four last year to 20 this year, Drew McIntyre. And I think that's oh, okay. a fair assessment. Uh, well, I take issue with Drew being behind Adam Cole. <laughs> okay. That's For, okay. Yeah. You know what? That's fair. Um, yeah. Because Adam Cole didn't do much of anything. And as Jim Cornette would say, he lost to the company mascot earlier this year. <laughs> okay. God. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> Couple of notables I wanna I wanna go over here going past the top twenty. I know we said we were only gonna do top twenty, but there's some people from twenty-one to thirty that I kind of want to throw some mentions out on and get your thoughts on this before we round out this segment. Chris Jericho getting booted out of the top twenty, falling down to number twenty-two from last year's place at number nineteen. I think that's fair. Jericho's in the the, the retirement portion of his career. Yeah, um, he's out there doing his performance art stuff. He's doing the rock. Rockstar stuff. I think it's. I think that's realistic for Jericho to start falling out of the top twenty. Yeah. I mean, Any he thoughts there? Should. He should when he was your big debut guy four, three or four years ago. Yeah. He should be. You should have built your promotion so that now your young people are taking the reins and they're getting all the wins and the losses and things like that. So yeah, that's total natural progression. Right. I think that's totally normal. Uh, Hammerstone. Hammerstone up 30 points from last year's 54 to 24 this year. Hammerstone making a hell of a name for himself and really starting yeah. to uh, get on a lot of radars. Like to see that. Yeah. Soon, I, soon. I would almost bet that Hammerstone goes up next year. Yeah, because well, he uh, he's, he won the, he's been MLW World Champion for a bit now, and yeah, 
And so, and so, of course, he's racking up the wins doing that. So, right. Yeah, yeah. He he should crack if he he should crack. He should top crack 20. top twenty next year. I would say yeah. nineteen or eighteen next year. Yeah. I think that's reasonable. Jason, any thoughts there? Well, when's his contract up? <laughs> <laughs> that um he he seems Can he to be just the one. Resign? I think look, he seems to be the one guy that they're actually paying there. I mean, yeah, 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 they're they're paying to keep Hammerstone. Seventy percent of the budget. They're like, listen, they you know, everyone's dude. I want to say he just signed to get another extension in the last year, though, didn't he? I think so. I think he did. I think he signed like earlier this year or late last year. I think he signed like a, a, a an extension to his deal. Hmm. Um. This is a guy who I've seen around our local circuit here. He's in the Southeast a lot. His name's A.C. Mack. A.C. Mack had a huge climb from 272 last year to 25 this year. It's 247-point climb for A.C. Mack. Uh, like to see that. For, I won't say he's a local guy because I think he's actually based out of Georgia, but he has done some dates here in the area, and so I, you know, I consider him a local indie talent. Uh, like seeing that Like seeing that guy, you know, his, his career – kind of trajectory, you know, getting him somewhere and, and more exposure. Cause actually, um, he, he wrestles a lot for that company that Armadillo Dave does have some work for. Yeah. Yeah. The action. Yeah. yeah. So he, uh, he was and there. Actually, I think he's the current action. I just looked him up a little bit ago. I think he's the current action, uh, world heavyweight champion. Yeah. He has been for a while. So he has uh, been, he beat, uh, God, I looked it up and I freaking, it's okay. Anyway, so, but yeah, that's pretty awesome to see him climb the climb up the scale like that. Want to get into this one because this is absolutely hilarious to me. Starting to round out the uh, you know the the twenties to thirties, Braun Breaker at number twenty six, Will Osprey at number twenty seven, falling twenty spots from last year's number seven. Oh, that's that's lovely. That, that's a beauty. That's a thing of beauty, man. I love seeing it. Yes. As much as that dude just lives to to get on people's nerves, I, I love seeing it. And, and he's um, sandwiched in between Braun Breaker and Sammy Guevara at number twenty-eight, <laughs> <laughs> which is just which is just beautiful. And how the hell did Sammy Guevara rank above Zack Sabre Jr.? Um, like Zach, like I guess if we're taking all things into consideration. Maybe Sammy is a bit more like I think Zack Sabre Jr. is an amazing professional wrestler when we're talking bell to bell, hold for hold. Yes. The guy's awesome. He's dull as ditch water to me. Yeah. He really has like the personality of paint drying. And that may be an insult. And I'm sorry, but anytime I've seen anything of his, I'm like, okay, this guy's really good at performing professional wrestling moves. But what else is there? And I don't. I haven't seen anything else from Zack Saber. Uh, same here. I mean, it's um, yeah. I, I've tried watching him several times in different companies to just give him a chance, and the same thing always happens. Um, I wake up and there's like a minute left. Um, <laughs> God, and he puts you to sleep. <laughs> yeah, and um, but the yeah, I just is what it is. Now, one thing I will note the. You know the there's gonna the AEW guys because AEW is a pretty prominent company. You know they're gonna get a little bit of home cooking just the way WWE guys do now. Oh, absolutely. So I mean, it, it behooves you if you if you're writing a wrestling magazine, it behooves you to give them some 
prominence and give them some space and you know push them up a little bit higher in the little rankings or whatever um right so i think that's that's really what i think my sammy Guevara is where he is i mean it was only a couple days but he did win the tnt championship also within that time frame yeah so he won he won it and then like next the next week he lost it to scorpio sky yeah Yeah. Uh, maybe if he wants to see himself higher on the list next year, I would suggest not dropping people on their heads. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's Just not do a that suggestion. Thing. Yeah. Or and then and then follow it up with your girlfriend kicking the same person in the teeth or in the yeah. nose, like directly. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. We don't need to say anything more about that. You guys got any? Right. Like I so said, we went pretty much down the notable people on the top thirty. You guys got any more thoughts on that? Uh, well, one thing. Um, it it was really cool to see just some wrestlers on the timeline today just excited to get on the list, right? Because, uh, like, all the guys from uh, Shane Taylor Promotions made the top 500 this year, and they were all so happy. I mean, because there were five of them, and all they all made the list this year. And That's cool. Yeah, and, like, they were just so excited to, you know, to see their names on there. And um, and there, there were some other guys, you know, and – because look, I mean, if you're out there busting your ass on the indies in particular, and you know, maybe a few people talk about you on Twitter here or there, but you know, if you're not a big name indie person and you're just out there grinding every, you know, every weekend, I mean, it's got to feel really good to see your just to see your name on the list like that, even if you're number four hundred and ninety or whatever, right? I mean, it's got to feel really good just to see your name show up in a magazine like that, you know? Well, to, to uh, maybe a little bit of a spoiler here, and I don't know if this is this year or last year, I follow Lufisto on um, Instagram. I have for a while. And she's actually listed as 390 after 25 years in the business. She finally made the women's PWI. Yeah, and, and, and she's saying she's putting it over. She's excited about it, and and she should be. You know, a twenty-five year veteran, and you know, I don't know a whole lot about Lufisto, you know, her backstage or anything like that. But you know, I just I've followed her a little bit, and I watched the name, you know, over the last few years. But for her to, after twenty-five years, finally crack into the women's PWI account, you know, list, is you know something she's extremely excited about. So yeah. So and I guess it's just it's just good. I mean, it was it's really it's really nice to see you know just people just happy about that. Yeah. All right, Jason, you got any thoughts? Uh, I think maybe I'm wrong, and I didn't look at past top ten lists or anything like that, so I didn't like you know really try to figure it out. But it seems to me just I got the first off impression that this list is way more varied in terms of yes, there's WWE guys and yes, there's AEW guys, but like a lot more other folks have broken up into that like top 30, top 20 uh, range. And they, I feel like that hasn't happened as much in the past. So, Hey, for those folks, sign of a healthy industry, man, when other, like, you know, when MLW and GCW and things like that are, you know, and these wrestlers are cracking, you know, cracking the top. Let's just say the top 50, you know, because let's let's be honest for years and years and years. I mean, you would get, you know, the New Japan guys, WWE guys, WCW guys would be largely in that top 25, you know, top 25, top 50 list. 
now you're you're getting you know other other companies that's that's a sign of a healthy business that's a sign that there are other people out there making strides making progress and that you know are giving fans an alternative to to the norm mm-hmm. and congratulations to the tribal chief yes I mean, you when you look at rob's got it the list of folks who have been number one more than once it is literally a list of all-time legendary people in Kenny Omega. Yeah. <laughs> um, here are the multi-time winners, right? Roman Reigns, Kenny Omega, Seth Rollins, um, John Cena. Said Brett was on there, right? Uh, Brett is, yeah, Brett, Triple H, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Those are your multi-time winners. And there's also, well, our friend Philip Jack Brooks has won at one time, which is the same number of times as one Michael Mazanin. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's always good to know, Phil, you can never beat the Miz. You will never beat the Miz, Phil. He's always trying to climb up that hill. And he never gets there. Punching uh, upwards. Punching upwards all the time. Oh, and we should we should never forget in our in our WrestleMania main event count. Michael Mazanin has one WrestleMania main event, which is one more than Philip Jack Brooks. And that is all the free airtime we're going to give uh, <laughs> Philip Brooks this week. Why don't we do this? Why don't we take a quick commercial break? And when we come back from the break, we're going to talk a little bit of NXT. Uh, huge news dropped on us last night. We're going to get into that on the backside of the break. This is the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, part of the ChairShot Radio Network. You can find us on thechairshot.com. We'll be right back. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. And we're back with the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. Going to get in here and talk some NXT. Uh, for those of you that watched NXT last night, which would be Tuesday night for, I know we don't air until Friday. So Tuesday night, uh, after almost like one year to the day of rebranding NXT Black and Gold to NXT 2.0 with the colorful logo, NXT has once again rebranded itself. Uh, and, you know, it seems like Triple H is doing the uh, the, the Tony Stark endgame Fixing the snap, 
and uh, fixing a lot of Vince's evils in the mind of some people. Uh, myself, I'm representing the NXT Black and Gold. I bleed Black and Gold. We did a fairly lengthy podcast after they closed up NXT Black and Gold and switched over to the new 2.0, talking about that, and we were in strong support of it. We are still in support, at least I'm still in support of 2.0, but I am interested to see what Triple H does with this, whether or not it's going to be a blend of what 2.0 turned into with a little bit of the black and gold thrown back in there. Um, <clears throat> Jason, what do you what do you think? So yesterday was the one year anniversary of 2.0. So that's awesome. We've all, you know, we've had a great time with 2.0. It's been awesome. You can't call something 2.0 forever. You know, eventually that's just the finished product. It's 2.0 implies we're going to 3.0. We're going to 4.0, at least in software, you know. Regardless, you can't call it 2.0 forever. And I think personally, because they haven't said anything. They literally just closed the show with an absolutely incredible main event and a shocking ending. They closed the show. They showed the logo of NXT 2.0. It slowly lost all its color and went gold for the so gold trim and then uh, white, uh, white or silver lettering. And it just says NXT and the 2.0 disappears. We haven't seen any barbed wire. We haven't seen any kickouts at five, at 2.999 after five finishers. I just think it's so funny that people, like, they literally just, as far as I know, unless you guys catch me up on something, they have literally just morphed the logo and everyone has lost their minds. Right? I mean, unless that's, I'm that's wrong, correct. That's, okay. that's correct. That's correct. That is correct. You are correct, sir. Thank you. So let's pump the brakes and wait till next week because I'm dead serious. They're not like totally re tearing that place apart and redoing it. They're just going to put some new graphics on the LEDs. It might go to like a more golden white color scheme. It's like, okay, you were, you were a baby NXT 2.0. Now you're the finished product. This is what you look like. Uh, But I don't think there's going to be any grand mission statement change or any, now, of course, Hunter's fully in control now. So, yes, things are going to lean back in that direction. There are match times at takeovers or whatever. Uh, takeovers is going to get longer now, probably. Uh, is it going to be a little more indie just to kind of scratch that itch? Maybe. But I don't expect any huge, huge, massive changes. They've spent a year getting you, getting you used to this product. Why would they suddenly drastically change it? Well, and it didn't, they didn't miss a step. You know, there were a lot of people that were predicting when they went from black and gold to the more colorful logo and the rebrand that there was going to be this drop off in people. And like literally their, their viewership didn't drop at all. So the people that were watching NXT to begin with kept watching NXT 2.0. I'll tell you, they lost the Indiorific War. They lost it to AEW. They did. Like, they lost it. They said, okay, we got to fit. And maybe it was in the works already for years and years. But they switched everything over. It's been going gangbusters. So if it ain't broke, uh, I just would stay away from it with any sort of tools aside from, like, a nice little polish. Rob, you got any thoughts? Because I've got a few, but go ahead. 
Um, well, okay, when they initially did the thing at the end of the show, I was like, really? I mean, I admit, I got, I got a little irritated because y- y'all know I get a little worked up sometimes. <laughs> okay. You know? No, Rob, <laughs> you're being too hard on yourself, yeah, buddy. Know, you know, <laughs> and you know, I'm, I'm I, and thank, look, I didn't say any crazy stuff on the timeline, to, you know, last night. I didn't do that. Okay. But yeah, I, I, I got a little worked up there at first. Like, like, like y'all are really doing this? Really? Rob, Rob had Champa Gargano hangover. <laughs> right. He had flashbacks. <laughs> Right, I mean, like, like, like we be watching Takeover. It's gonna be nine thirty, and then the then the main event. There's gonna be one match left. And it's gonna be nine thirty. Really, we're gonna be going back to that again. <laughs> um, but no, but like Jason said, um, they spent a whole year getting us familiar and getting and building a relationship between us and two point and the color scheme and all of this stuff. And as far as like the audience number. Um, they were back over seven hundred thousand last night. Um, yeah, and they've hit, they've crossed seven hundred thousand a few times in the past few months. They're usually in the six hundreds, and you know, and then depending on what's going on, and some, you know, they dip down in the five hundreds on a bad night. But they normally live in the six hundreds. They, but they, they've crossed seven hundred a couple of times the past few months. Um, so, like you said. Either nobody stopped watching it, or the people who did were offset by new people coming in, one or the other. Uh, either way, it's going fine from an audience number standpoint. So they did not; it did not go in the crapper. By and and that's pretty remarkable because not they changed the whole set. That was very shocking. And they literally a year ago they brought in all these new people, um, and they ushered out so many of the people who were you know veterans or what have you i mean it was like a transformers the movie situation almost last about a year ago right? yeah, we got to get the old toys out and get the new toys in <laughs> right. right and 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 the new people were largely people who we did not know like i mean okay we were familiar you know brian breaker because of his dad sure okay and then mandy came back um okay but and, you know, Carmelo had been there for a little bit, but, I mean, Trick Williams came out of the blue, Grayson Waller, um, you know, Toxic Attraction, you know, Gigi and JC, and then Cora Jade came out of the blue, um, you know, Lash Legend and Tiffany Stratton and uh, the Brooks and Jensen, and then, then the Creed Brothers and... You know, like all of these people just came out like we did not know these folks, and these were not ten-year indie wrestlers like they had been doing before. So they incorporated basically a whole new cast. You know, um, and you know, normally like when you like on Saturday Night Live, they break in a whole new cast, everything goes in the shitter for a while um, until somebody emerges, right? Um, and so they essentially did a lot of that. Uh, over the past year within you know again a few people hung around that we knew but even i mean even mandy coming back mandy was not your quintessential nxt wrestler right, right. Um, no she struggled and she struggled on the main roster she had to go back to nxt to find herself and she did a great job of finding herself right but, but i mean is that like that those you know those you know legendary nxt women's matches you know, she was not a participant in any of those. Right, so, right. Yeah. She pretty much rebranded herself with yeah. the rebranding. Right. So her coming back, it was, I mean, it's kind of like, really? 
<laughs> like um you know she's supposed to hold the fort down here really almost yeah. it's almost like they were trying to slap you in the face with hey guys it's developmental again right and, and like yeah. and yeah like of all the people to bring back to quote unquote help the kids and and, and yes we're so we're i guess we're talking bad about her here by saying this but um, honestly a year ago if you were going to bring somebody if if you were going to bring somebody back from the main roster to quote unquote help the kids in the women's division She's not who you would have thought of. She was okay. not in my. She was not even in my top five of people that I would have sent back down there. That's and, and, and it ended up being accomplished two things. She went back down there to work with some of the younger talent, and she got herself over. She improved not only her gimmick because she was let's you know, on the main roster she was you know good looking blonde girl number, insert number. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> best thing she could have done was go down there, dye her hair, and it's been it's been awesome. And she also, knew, she always knew how to be a mean girl. Yes. This taught her how to be the mean girl. And also, um, you know, they'd always presented her as the, wow, well, everybody, look at her. But it was, yeah. it was, but it was still, it was in the most, you know, kind of bland, indescript way possible. And so she found a way to express that herself down there. I mean, just from changing the clothes and the way she walks to the ring and the hair color, you know. Um, so she found a way to say that. She found her own way to say that type of thing. Whereas before, it was just very generic. Um, they had the, just the generic music for her and, yeah. you know, and all of that. It was a very generic presentation of, oh, look how hot she is. And But she went down there and she found a way. You know, she came, They came up with a way for her to express that in her own words or her own way. Um, One thing that she's done, I didn't mean to cut you off, Robin. I just wanted to get this out there real quick. One thing that she's done that I'm a big fan of, facial expressions. Like, I need to see in your eyes and on your face that you believe in this character. And main roster Mandy Rose, I don't think she believed. Like, yeah, she knows she's hot. We know she's hot. But what are you beyond that? And now when I look at her face, she believes in this mean girl character. And to me, that just elevates you to the next level. And there's even like, and she she does her moves in the ring now with more of an edge to them, with more of an aggression yes. to it. Um, before she didn't do that. She just, I mean, she just kind of went through the motions. And look, I described her as a five minute wrestler. Um, and those times have progressively gone up. And now, cause when she first got there, she was still a five minute wrestler. Yeah. And now you know, those times, and now she's up to around the. 10 to 12 mark every time out there now. And that, that doesn't sound like much, but that's not nothing. And, and in a short, very short window, by the way, all right, it's, you know, um, she doubled the time you can rely on her in a wrestling match in a matter of months. Uh, I was just, she put it this way. She doubled her reliability in a year. Yeah. I mean, that's, that is it's huge. Yeah. I mean, she went from, Basically, when she first when she got there, she was somebody who was like, "Oh, Mandy's having a match." Oh, okay, well, okay, I guess I'll go do something else for a few minutes, um, right? I mean, or if you or if you missed it, you were like, "Oh, well, <laughs> I didn't miss anything," right? Um, you know, and now you know if she's having a match now, it's like, "Okay, well, you know, let's, we're gonna watch this one." <laughs> okay, um, and that you know that's to her credit, and so two point is a you know has been a big thing for her. Um, you know, it's, 
in hell, hell it invigorated Dolph Ziggler again. That that little short run Dolph Ziggler had down there was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh and also, I mean, you know, like uh, Madeline said this in the chat earlier today, and I think it's true that I mean Hunter had been, you know, warehousing a bunch of people down there and they weren't getting on TV. And then the older folks were basically just kind of squatting, basically. <laughs> right. Um, One. And, go ahead. I'm gonna finish your thought. Yeah, okay. Gonna... And and that <laughs> needed to get that needed to change, and they've done that. And, and I don't think, I don't think. Look, I don't think Hunter's gonna go out and get a bunch of 35 year old dudes again and bring them all in there because they've got way too many young people that they've invested too much in to do that type of thing now. Yeah. One thing that I believe about Hunter, and I still believe this to this day, he still believes in NXT as a third brand, not just developmental. And I don't think Vince ever saw it as anything more than developmental, but he still believes in that. And one thing that he's doing to try and reinforce that is he's bringing in main roster talent to come down and, and work the NXT show. We've seen it with Dolph Ziggler. We saw it with Nikki A.S.H. and Drop. We've seen it repeatedly across the board. And last night's main event, you know, it was just another another piece of that puzzle. Jason, do you want to get into this? As Jason stepped away. Okay. <laughs> well, I can I can I can give you a minute. Actually, I think Jason's got me on mute right now. Oh, there he is. Sorry. Okay, so uh, the whole time that this whole week they've been saying, "You guys make the make the matches. You guys make the matches. You guys make the matches," because um, there was these all these polls of. Who should Carmelo Hayes face? Who should this person face? Who should that person face? And um, it was decided by the poll that, uh, what, Wesley would face? Uh, Wesley is going to face Carmelo Hayes. Well, not so fast, because around 9.15, Wesley gets mollywopped. And now we was have... Was he in the parking lot? He was in the locker room. <laughs> he, was in, he, was in, he was in the locker room. <laughs> Yeah, so now, now, I mean, now the parking lot danger has spread to the locker room. So that place is just absolutely unhinged. Um, but so we got a surprise uh, cha- challenger, and it was one Mr. Solo Sikoa. Back down from just being sent up to the main roster. <laughs> so he, he got real homesick real fast. He was like, you know what? I left something down here. Sorry, guys. I got to go get something. Let me grab this North American Championship. All right, bye everybody. See you later. And so he uh, won the North American Championship with no controversy, no asterisk, no nothing that I saw. Um, and he is now apparently going to take that bad Larry to SmackDown Live on, uh, excuse me, on Friday night SmackDown on Friday. So that should be very, very entertaining because of a myriad of reasons, not the least of which the bloodline has all the gold except for uh, any honorary ooses in the family. Yeah. So that's going to become a talking point real fast. But I just did think it was cool. Whatever they do with the belt, I have no idea. Um, but I just think that's a that's a cool, fun thing that happened. And while I hope it doesn't, they don't become reliant on this and it becomes just dimension crossing and brand jumping and all that good stuff. Uh, I do hope they do this kind of stuff a little bit more, certainly more than they have in the past with NXT. Um, Cause it provided that exact like, Whoa, kind of moment. Yeah. 
Well, my thought is you get these these main roster folks that come down and kind of invade the NXT territory a little bit. At what point does the NXT locker room get fed up with the main roster people coming down into their turf and they say, you know what? Screw it. Let's show up on Monday night. Let's show up on Friday night. Let's, you know, let's start pushing back a little bit. At what point does Braun Breaker become that locker room leader, draw his troops together and say, look, we're tired of taking it on the chin from these folks. Let's go up there. They've got the North American Championship. You know, who's next to come knocking on my door for, you know, the NXT World Heavyweight Championship? You know, in the, I'm playing, I'm fan booking, obviously, yeah. but in my head, that could be, that could be a fun little, especially as we get inch closer to Survivor Series. Um, yeah. You know, NXT had an incredible year at Survivor Series two years ago. Uh, could we see a repeat of that? Well. Oh, here he is. Well. <laughs> he sounds like Hawk. <laughs> well. Let's not forget the last time somebody from NXT came up to the main roster. Oh, I, I let him down the path. Started running their mouth. Oh. Okay. Some let's not forget it was two and a half years ago that the NXT women's champion thought she was hot shit and she challenged the Royal Rumble winner. Hey, why don't you fight me instead? Uh, and well, what happened? The same thing that always happens. She lost. Shoehorn Charlotte. <laughs> No, this was not no shoe on that. That hey, hey, that NXT Women's Champion. She thought she was big stuff, and she came up there and laid down a challenge, and the thirteen-time Women's Champion accepted it, and sent her packing. Still real to Rob, damn it. You damn right. It is. <laughs> hey, look, you're the one that brought. Hey, you're the one that was talking about. Well, when are they going to come up there and challenge somebody on the main roster? Well, I just needed to remind everybody hey. of, of the last time that happened. Uh, what I saw the last time NXT went up to wrestle somebody, a certain 13-time women's champion had her shoulders pinned to the mat by Rhea Ripley. Hey, that, quick, uh, that was before the WrestleMania match. No, that, well, no, that was before uh, that was before Survivor Series, pal. They yeah. were in a tag team, or not a tag team match, but a um, like a like a triple threat or a fatal four way or something. Yeah. And Charlotte had somebody locked up, and Rhea Ripley snuck up in there, hooked her up, and pinned her. And That's how I saw it. And guess who came up with that finish, by the way? Jamie Noble. Ziggler. No. <laughs> As, Quick you know, question. Uh, While you're talking about you know NXT stuff on the main roster and whatnot, where did uh, where did Dolph Ziggler lose his championship to Braun Baker again? It was on Monday Night Raw. Mm-hmm. It was on Monday Night Raw. It was on Monday so Night Raw. Already kind of set. They've they've set those feelers out there. And yes, it was the what the the Raw after Mania. Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah, yeah, it was Raw so, after Mania. Like yes, that crowd is going to be pro NXT and hot and pro wrestling and blah blah blah. Yeah. But it was still a test balloon, and based on the crowd's reaction, it we hey man, more of that, more NXT. I don't need it to become you know, uh, you know, some of the comic books that get a little too dimension happy and yeah, all that yeah. Stuff. We don't need to. We don't need to go too far down this road. I just like knowing that the option is available. Right? Yeah, and as far as the match uh, last night, uh, they they you know what they they worked this pretty good because they did the poll and you know because in the the three names well the three names on the poll I looked at them and was like really 
I mean, even though look, we we all agree Wes and Carmella would have had an outstanding match against each other, um, but the names they had on that poll, I was like, that's it? Like, that's who we were picking between? Just because I figured, look, I didn't think none of those guys had, was going to beat Carmelo, right? Right. And, 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 and you know, add another jersey to the rafters. And you know what? And you know what? And us being the so called smart fans, that should have been a tell that something was going to happen. I, I figured the poll was going to be gimmicked, but I didn't think they were just going to do, haha, just kidding. Yeah. yeah. And so, and then now, of course, when they, when he and Trick beat up Wes in the locker room, then I kind of knew it was like, okay, yeah, um, this ain't going to go the way they think it's going to go. <laughs> and, and so, you know, Solo comes out there and it, I mean, it wasn't a squash, but he, he, he beat him real good. And, yeah. um, and so he walks out with the North American title and it was, it was definitely a shocker. Um, and to me now it kind of begs the question, like, well, what do you do, um, with Carmelo? Cause I said on Twitter last night, was like, well, shoot, I mean, if they're going to do that, you might as well send them up now. Yeah. I mean, cause he's ready. He he's ready to go. Oh like, yeah, man. Let I, me, mean, I know I've talked about it before. I went to an NXT house show here about a month or so ago and he and Axiom just put on a freaking banger at a house show in front of at best 250 people. There so, might've been 300 squeezed in there, but I doubt it. Yeah. And those two dudes just tore the house down, man. It was absolutely incredible. That dude has been ready to launch for six months now. And I mean, he's been, because I mean, a lot of, because, you know, we know LeBron has like still like only like 40 matches or something. Braun needs to stay down there for a while yeah. and just, and just work. Uh, Carmelo is ready to go. And, the only reason, honestly, at this point, the only reason to not go to send them up now is if you're if you want Trick to get some more work. Um, yeah. Which, but I maintain that he he is good enough to be Carmelo's hype man, manager, cheating help help him cheat in matches and do the occasional tag team match with him. I think he's more than capable of that. Not only that, you can get those guys on the road, and Trick can work house shows. This is where a lot of these guys get their. Get the reps yeah. in. Let him work the help shows, man. Let him work with some of the other talent. Get him in there with some people. Trick will be fine. Yeah, and yeah, because I mean, because I mean, Trick in a tag team match against you know, I don't know who. I don't even care. Have them jerk the curtain and have them run that for a couple of months, and then get Trick right, right, ready to go. Just have shoot, have him work Kofi in the woods for a few months on a loop or yeah. something, man. That yeah. you know, that'd be perfect. I mean, um, and Trick will be. You know, Trick is he's he's good enough to do what they need him to do with Mello. Yeah. I mean, he, you're not you're this not, year. He's shown a, a lot of improvement, so right. he's, his his stock is going up and up and up. Right. I mean, like you're not going to send him out there to go, you know, to work a 30 minute Iron Man match, but you're not asking him to do that anyway. Yeah. Uh, so to me, because the, look, there's no point in winning the North American title for a third time. Um, and honestly. He's won enough stuff in NXT where he doesn't have to win the NXT, the main. He doesn't have to win that really. No. I mean, for some people, it's it's a good important part of their kind of journey. He's done enough stuff where he doesn't have to do that. He won the breakout tournament. He's been the North American champion twice. He's had all these great matches. Um, he doesn't, and he has the experience. He's ready to go. Trick is good enough to go with him right now to do what they need him to do. They might as well send them up. Um, and because, I mean, 
What point is there to have him lose a takeover match to Braun? Yeah, that, there's what, no what's, point what's, to that. What's the point? I mean, so let me ask you this: We, what do you see a uh, a trick and Carmelo Hayes main roster? Do you put him on Raw or do you put him on SmackDown and continue this storyline with Solo Sokoa and the North American Championship? I'd put him on Raw because if they tangle with the Bloodline, they're going to be losing matches. Yeah. So you don't think you think it's too soon to inject those two guys into a into a program with the with the bloodline? Um, maybe later. Um, yeah. If you if you do it, if you were to send them up today and put them in something with the bloodline, they'd be losing matches, and also they'd they'd be like de facto baby faces, and they're much much better working heel. Um, I would send them to Raw, and just let and then they can tangle with the bloodline next year sometime or something maybe you know. I'm, I'm, I know you say he works better as a heel, but I'm going back to that that house show that I went to. Carmelo's going to be one of those guys that they're going to be forced to turn babyface at some point, I think. I think he is going to get so much reaction from a positive reaction. It's going to be one of those kind of like a Kevin Owens type of thing where it's almost a waste of time to, to keep him heel. I think Melo's going to end up being that guy. Uh, uh, probably very, very different, but when he, now because of his evolution – but when he worked ba- uh, baby around here, he was just—he wasn't like a pretty boy, but he was just like—and he was definitely a badass. But it was—he played the character so well. It was just this—this, this, you know, guys want to be him, and moms want their daughters to date him, kind of dude. Right. Like he—he is—he has. He has a really good baby face in his back pocket, and uh, it, just with his improvement in the last couple of years. Again, this is me watching him at Elks Lodges and stuff like that. Right. So he he he, I, they will turn him baby face. Uh, I, and, yeah, and I feel that I felt that at the house show, man. That that Melbourne crowd ate him up. The and, dude oozes charisma. And then honestly, uh, Trick is going to get over just from roasting people on the mic, and that's going to and yeah. and that's going to eventually turn him to you know. He's going to become a you know baby face also just from that. I mean, right? Yeah. Well, for me, the one thing that I hope they do do with the apparent rebrand of NXT. One of the things about NXT 2.0 that I wasn't as big a fan of with the black and gold, I liked the more underground feel. And for me, the presentation of 2.0 was just a little too clean. Now, not so clean that I didn't enjoy it because there was a lot going on that I did enjoy, but I thought just the overall presentation was a little bit too clean. I liked the grungier NXT black and gold towards the end of that era. I liked that look. I liked, you know, I'm a rock and roll guy. You know, give me skulls, give me chains, give me spikes, give me smoke, um, give me low lighting, and I'm a happy camper. I like it in my music. I like it in my wrestling um, so the, 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 the brighter, more clean, kind of sterilized look of NXT 2.0, I won't say I hated it, but I was a bigger fan of the presentation before that. I'm kind of hoping they find a balance, maybe dirty it up a little bit and <clears throat> see where it goes from there. If, if I had to make one change, that would be it. It would be in the presentation, not necessarily the angles. They've got some some workers there that are killing it right now. Um, we've got some great talent on the rise. I wouldn't change anything there. Um, but I would I think the presentation I would probably I would alter slightly. Um yeah. my, only, my only thing with that is that 
like once when when it started to kind of go bad there at the end, the kind of darker aesthetic made it just made it worse. Yeah. Um, that's the only thing. Um, yeah. when like when you're when they were riding high in you know 2017 or whatever the you know it was part of the ambiance and all of that. But we when things started to kind of kind of fall down there towards the end, that that kind of darker color scheme didn't help. <laughs> and once they added, once they started going full wing skull, everything, I was just like, okay. I mean, I'm here for that shit, buddy. <laughs> I'm here for it. Well, and dude, that's, that's the shirt I've got, got on the skull logo NXT yeah. shirt, man. I, that's all my stuff right there. <laughs> Yeah, man, it's I get it, and but it's again with AEW down the street. It's, yeah, it's, but AEW's not doing it nearly as well. Yeah, well, of course, but I also think that um, I yeah, like I said earlier, I think it's going to be literally they're just going to change the colors on the LED boards, and it's they're going to get rid of the backsplashes of color, and it's just going to be more gold and silver or gold and white. Okay. All right, why don't we take another commercial break? Uh, we'll take one more break here, and then when we get back on the uh, backside of that commercial break, we're going to bring back the Genius Corner. Rob's got some more data he wants to go over with us, some numbers he's going to run. This is the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. We'll be back with you in just a moment. And welcome back to the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. We debuted a new segment here a couple weeks ago called the Genius Corner. We're going to bring that back, run it back here again today. Rob has got some... Facts and figures and data to lay on us. Mr. Rob, the show is yours. All right. So a couple of things. So last Monday, uh, last Monday's episode of Monday Night Raw had like the most kind of total views for all the segments since like June. Um, Because that, because I had said before that that was kind of an indicator back in like late June and through July that they'd really kind of hit a kind of a lull or a dry spell. And so this is a, a major bounce back on that front. And uh, one thing and over the past couple of weeks, you know, I've said before also about how when Edge is involved in the Judgment Day stuff, it hits a lot more. So lo and behold, from Monday night, they were two segments from from this week's Monday Night Raw that are already over a million views. Both of them involved Edge and Judgment Day. And so there it is. Um, and the one segment from earlier in the show with Judgment Day that did not involve Edge is still in the 500s. So having Edge involved with Judgment Day, you know, doubles your pleasure basically <laughs> this week. Um, and that's what it's always been. Um, having him involved, whether he's the leader or you know fighting them uh makes all the difference in the world and in, in what goes on with them no matter what they're doing uh and again i could i think you know we think that this this ultimately leads to, towards beth phoenix you know jumping in the fray here to do battle with Rhea ripley i think um they're all roads are kind of leaning that way I mean, especially the fact that they're playing it really hard the Rhea can she can put hands on the guys, but you know, it's not fair for them to do the same thing to her. And she plays, she plays into that. She plays that up. They're playing that up a lot. So that's, I mean, if that's not pointing towards, you know, Beth coming back and say, okay, well I can put hands on you, bitch, you know, um, then I don't know what you're doing here. 
but it makes having edge involved makes a huge difference there uh the, just they just wrote edge out though well well my, see and that man is a very he's see he's very smart about this um because he knows not i mean because look if he, if he was there every week for like two or three months in a row it would kind of, it would lose its luster so he is very smartly he's you know he comes in enough to give you a little you know to give you a little taste and then he gets out and then he goes away for a month or whatever and it then has he, become an attraction right and it now except you know and so and, and he's working it into the storylines because he didn't I mean he did that with seth last year you know the thing at madison square garden seth put him on the shelf and then he, he comes back a month later right uh, to get revenge so he's he's very smart about this um that's one of the bonuses of having somebody like him in your wrestling company that he is a veteran of this stuff he he, he knows how to make storylines work uh he knows when it's best to get beat up and when it's best for him to beat the other person up and that and he's done that pretty masterfully here this whole even going back with the seth rollins feud last year right they they hit every note perfectly right you know when when the when for him to get taken out and when for him to strike back they're doing that here and so just you know all the high notes with the judgment day thing involve him and you're you can see that just by looking at what kind of views these things are doing and the other big thing so somebody else came back last week uh the monster among men mr braun Strowman came came back last week yeah, we were completely amiss of talking about that because we got so wrapped up in the show we were doing. We yeah. completely didn't even mention that Braun Braun Strowman came back. Yeah, and now out of all of the comebacks or you know people who showed up surprisingly or whatever, his was the biggest one by a pretty wide margin. Look, um, when Cross showed up, they did about two million. Uh, the first time Dexter Luma showed up, they did about two million. Um, when EO and Dakota came out at SummerSlam with Bailey, they did about, they're up to like 1.1 million now. Um, Braun, Braun Strowman, as of today, when his comeback last Monday, 3.6 million views. That's crazy. And we also, talked about Strowman when they originally released him and of everybody that they've released over the last 12 months, just say 12 months. 12 to 24, because they released him right after WrestleMania last year. So let's say 18 months, because, you know, we're a bit past that now. That one was the most shocking to me, because Braun always drew numbers. We've talked about that on this show before. He's a draw. And I don't know whether he just got pissed off with something, got burnout, was hurt where his head was. I had a falling out with Vince. I don't know the insides of it. It's I'm not privy to that. But it just seemed to me of everybody they released, close second would be The Fiend. But Braun Strowman was the head, one of the biggest head scratchers for me. Yeah. And now to add on that, he did. So Monday he comes back, he does 3.6 million came. And then he was on SmackDown just a few days later, you know, last Friday. And that's, that's at 1.1 about to hit 1.2 million. So even coming back, you know, giving us another go round a few days later, basically the same kind of thing, you know, still got over a million views. Yeah. Um, so he, yeah, I mean, and he's always been a big, he's always been a heavy traffic driver always. Uh, 
And if those of you want good, Jason. Yeah, yeah. It's worth noting, I think, that he came out during a like tag team contenders match with I love him to death, but you know, Alpha Academy and a couple other people and all that good stuff. It's not like he came back and challenged Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship or whatever. And the dude still did three million, three point something million. So like, that's on his own. Like you can argue with all, Judgment that's Day. Him. Yeah, that's all him. Like with Judgment Day, you can argue their best numbers are with Edge. Right. They didn't put Braun out there, and it was completely. It was pretty well. I mean, there were people speculating that Braun might be returning, and even as of that day, it was heavily, heavily rumored that he might actually be at Raw. But you don't know what segment he's coming out. You don't know where he's going to be. And for him to come out and draw those kind of numbers is is incredible. And, again, just leaves me scratching my head as to why they released him to begin with. Yeah, and then um, he did a backstage promo later on in the show, and that, that has over 700,000 views. And backstage promos usually don't do anything. I mean, if, it, if it's just the one person talking and nothing happens, no fight breakout or anything, if it's just the one person talking in a backstage promo – I mean, you're lucky if it gets to if it gets to 300. I mean, and that's with anybody. I mean, no matter who it is, those, those just don't do much at all. Yeah. And he did. He's over. He, he, one of those from him did over 700. Um. So look, he he brings the numbers. And like one of the guys we talked to on our timeline a lot, uh, Fox, he said, um, when they released Braun, he said his father got like shoot angry. <laughs> okay. Um. Because he does stuff that it's just fun to see him run around the ring and run people over and to see him flip cars over and break the Titan Tron. And it, it's just fun it's stuff to watch. Just watch the crowd's reaction when not only he mollywops everyone and he power bombed Otis, which was good. A, God. A, yeah. But did you remember the, the pop when he got to the outside of the ring He's on the corner of the turnbuckle. He's got somebody, you know, on the other side of the ring, and he swings his his one finger around his head like he's swinging a lasso, like, hey, trains on the tracks. And the whole crowd went bananas because the train thing sells. Yes. Not only that, Jason, you said he was your nephew's favorite, one of your nephew's favorite parts of WrestleMania last year. Absolutely. 100%. When my nephew's eyes almost came out of his head, when, well, because Shane was climbing down the outside of the cage, and my nephew's freaking out. Just, just punch through it. Just punch through it. You're just trying to punch through it. And by God, my nephew was like, my Braun Strowman was like, you know what? I heard a kid in Boston. That's a great idea. Boom! Punches through, rips him, throws him 15 feet to the ground, and my nephew was going crazy. So now this dude is back. Like looking like he's he has never even heard of a wellness policy, and that guy it looks like a million bucks now. So he, uh, he lost weight. Yeah, I mean he's uh, trimmed up. He's trimmed up a few yeah. pounds. And and the other thing is, so you know, I mean they got a Saudi show coming up in late October. He is a very easy if you want to plug and play versus for Roman for one match. He's very easy for that. Keep him away from Roman Reigns, even in Saudi. Yeah, keep, like they, they need to keep Braun Strowman needs to do what Braun Strowman does best. And that's all this the choo-choo train and the pummeling people. Like and that that's one argument that people have about Braun. I, he doesn't need to be anywhere near a title. Braun Strowman is not 
How many times was Kane WWF champion? How many times was Undertaker WWF champion? How many times was Big Show WWF? Right. How many times right. was they don't need the belt? They don't need that it to justify or validate having an awesome career in WWE. Braun Strowman could have an awesome, awesome career, never having touched another world or universal championship. Right, and it's too much. It's like yeah. beating these guys is a big enough feat on its own. You also don't need, you know, a title on the line. Right. And um, so, yeah, and look, um, so, you know, I think we're all hope, looking forward to, you know, January Royal Rumble. You know, at some point the sea is going to clear, you know, and it's going to be him on one side of the ring and, you know, almost on the other side. And they're going to have a thing in the Royal Rumble, I'm hoping. I'm living for that moment, man. Just and, giant men slapping meat. And then, you know, and book the mania match between them. Yep. I think I called that on this podcast a long yeah. time ago when we were talking about almost. I was like, I'd like to see him bring Strowman back the, just to get in there and mix it up with almost. Doug, this year, it's going to be, they are going to be 15 and 17, and they are going to be in there for a couple of minutes wrecking people, and they're going to get in a collar and elbow tie up. They're both going to go ass ass over tea kettle over the top rope, and they're not going to stop fighting until they they're go. They're going to fight all the way to the back, and it's I'm going to love every and second all, of it. All the way to WrestleMania. Because, yeah. and I think, look, I think that's going to be good for almost because he can look the squash mm. matches. You can only do so much, you know, squashing jobbers, and he needs a bigger he needs a big person in there to throw with, um, and. Somebody, I think somebody like Braun would be perfect for almost to work with. Yeah. Also, it's great that Braun has completely, finally shed any last bit of Swamp Person. He yeah. got, he's got the bright red gear. He shaved his head. He looks like a million bucks. He's great. Yeah, and 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 with with the weight he's dropped, hopefully that'll be better on his knees and all of that stuff. Right. Yeah. Definitely an interesting return. Uh, not not totally surprised. I think we talked. We did talk about Braun. We said at some point we thought he'd be back, um, whether he just needed a break or whatever the case may be. Awesome to see him back. I always like the guy. Big fan of you know whatever he does. Like I said, I don't think he needs to be anywhere near a major championship, but you know, definitely glad to see him back on my TV. Yeah, and well, look, I mean, at some point it'll be like when when Kane has won one. At some point he'll just end up in. Yeah, he'll end up by some circumstance. He'll end up in a match with whoever the champion is, and you know, and then he'll win there and maybe hold it for a month or something. Um, that'll you know, if he sticks around for a while, that will eventually happen. But yeah, I mean, the whole thing where people was in 2017, where people are like, well, he they should have had him beat you know Brock Lesnar. Like, no, they shouldn't have. No, there's no no planet where he should have beaten Brock Lesnar. No, and absolute and, lunacy. <laughs> Y'all, I mean, some of y'all got way too happy because y'all were, that was the height of, you know, hating Roman Reigns and Braun was beating up on Roman Reigns and, you know, Roman made him look really good in the process and some of y'all got a little, a little too happy there. And, okay. and to be fair, Braun's a hell of an athlete. Like, he's a hell of an athlete to be as big as he is. Um, you know, the dude was at one point throwing drop kicks, not picture perfect textbook drop kicks. But he was getting off his feet. He was getting his big ass up. He can move. He wasn't. I, yeah, he wasn't landing in a pile or anything like that. No, he and wasn't no. landing in a. Probably drop kick you in like the knees. Right. But 
but he it was perfectly fine. And 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 I was on the Strowman hype train. I was one of those people that was like, you know what? And I think I actually said on Twitter, and you know, I ended up, you know, it didn't age very well. I said Braun Strowman will be the last attraction that Vince McMahon ever produces. Um, you know, and at the time we didn't know how long Vince had. Yeah. And in my head, Vince is gonna go for another 10, 15 years, you know, or he's gonna die in gorilla. So, you know, I'm looking at Braun Strowman, I'm seeing what Strowman can do, and I can to me, again, when you talk about the uh, what we call it, the eye test, Strowman definitely passes the eye test. And, you know, he's identifiable. He's all these things. You can look at that guy and go, wow, that's a WWE superstar right there. That guy's a, I've seen that guy in the ring. So and he can't go anywhere in the world without being recognized. So in my head, I was thinking, yeah, he's going to be the last attraction that Vince McMahon ever produces. Little did I know that the tribal chief was going to come two years later. And, you know, that would then ironically be the last real attraction that Vince McMahon creates before he finally called it quits. But yeah, I think, um, I think it's good to see him back, you know? Uh, and I mean, he, he is sports entertainment. He is. Yeah. Yep. He's exactly why we watch, you know, what, what hooked us in when we were kids. It wasn't, it wasn't the graps guys. No, and that's because um, somebody commented today on Twitter about uh, you know the whole thing with in 2.0 that uh, they they were upset that people would rather see some of the goofy characters and you know I replied to him like look um dude um, well first of all you know the stuff you're complaining about about was on the same show with some really good wrestling matches the same night I mean the same night they had some of the goofy skits last night they had a damn good cage match between the Creed brothers and Pretty Deadly. All right. And then the North American title match. Okay. And if you're not looking for that stuff, where, what are you going to watch? Cause even yeah. AEW has Dan Housen and Orange Cassidy. Right. I, I love mean, both of them. And I mean, that's, that's the goofy. Show. I guess. And no, new, J- new Japan has goofy as hell characters as well. I was going to yes. them, but no, not at all. And uh, it's just, I mean, so I, mean, I commented that look, you know, Piper's pit sold more tickets than Roddy Piper. And a wrestling ring ever did. Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> which is true, all right. Um, you know, Piper sold. You know, got a lot more people interested in him by doing some really objectionable stuff on Piper's pit than he ever yeah. did working on yeah, wrestling ring. <laughs> okay. I mean, stuff that uh, does not age well moving into twenty twenty two. No. But uh, <laughs> I mean, but um. Yeah, um, yeah. I think if he were to go to Roman and say, "Okay, Roman, Roman, I'm gonna hit you with a coconut," I think Roman would look at him like, "Are you fucking crazy? You, you're gonna what? <laughs> <laughs> Wise man. Yeah. <laughs> Get this guy out of here. Right? <laughs> uh, hey, well, now he's got choices, though. That's a problem because because a wise man legally deal with man or solo deal with this guy. Deal yeah. with this guy. Yeah. yeah the the whole. God, the, the gimmick thing versus wrestling. I'm so exhausted with that. Like, of the, of the three of us, I, I speaking for myself, I'm probably the work rate nerd of the bunch, if I had to say there was one. I love a good hold-for-hold hold wrestling match that makes me believe. Or a good slobber-knocker fight-feel-like Sheamus and Gunther had a couple weeks ago. Stuff like that that draws me in, that makes me suspend the disbelief. I like that. I truly do. And I can watch two really, like, like I said earlier about Zack Sabre Jr. I can watch Zack Sabre Jr. perform holds. 
and be mesmerized by how good he is. I need more because I have no misconceptions about what this medium is. It is an entertainment medium, and I need more than just hold-for-hold grappling to be entertained. I need the ridiculous. I need the wrestling. I need the stupid. I need the silly. I need the serious. I need all of it. And WWE, as balanced as any show can, provides it. Yeah, and and I'll just look. I'll bring up you know Wendy Chu. Okay, uh, before she came to NXT, she was Karen Q in Ring of Honor. Karen Q was a very good in ring wrestler. Nobody gave a damn about any, any match that Karen Q had in Ring of Honor. Okay, yeah. I mean you can you can type in Karen Q R O H into your you know. YouTube search engine and watch her have some really good matches in Ring of Honor. Nobody cared. Okay. Um, Whereas now, you know, you can get mad about the gimmick, but I mean, it's fun. It's, it's funny as hell a lot of times and it's entertaining and a whole lot more people care about Wendy Chu right now than cared about Karen Q from Ring of Honor. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Two words, Deanna Perrazzo. Deanna Perrazzo is excellent. Excellent at performing wrestling moves. And then what? Yeah. You know, then what? Where's the rest of the... Huh? It's not an enjoyable professional wrestler. Right. You know, and and I mean, again, I mean, that is a total package of what a professional wrestler needs to be. Um, Yeah, she's great in the ring. Yeah. When the bell rings, Deanna Perrazzo, good luck having anybody. Very few people can probably touch her in the ring. Yeah. And I, you know, you won't hear me debate that at all. Yeah. But yeah. then what? And, and I'm probably the wrong person to talk to about the goofy shit because I'm well on record on this podcast and many other places. The more my wrestling resembles Mortal Kombat, the better. And when Karrion Cross suddenly attacked, uh, seemingly came out of nowhere and attacked Drew McIntyre, and then everything turned black and white. He <laughs> <laughs> did it faded to black and like com- while commentary's audio is still on. Like, what's going on? Oh my god! Ah! That stuff, pals. Mwah. Yeah. For that. Uh, say what you want about Karrion Cross. They're hitting all the marks right now with him. I, I think. I think this is going to be fun. I think Drew is the right guy to reintroduce him to the WWE universe. This is going to be good. I'm here for the ride on Karrion Cross this time. I was. I was. And we've talked about him. We don't have to go down that road too far. I was here for him, again, rock and roll, smoke and mirrors, low lighting, skulls, the whole thing. The original carrying cross in NXT, I was here for. That second runaround was a little iffy. His introduction to the main roster the first time, I just was not feeling this carrying cross I'm here for. Well, and not for nothing, spare me the fact that we're three red-blooded dudes and whatnot. Scarlet adds so much to his pre- presentation aside from being, you know, super hot. Yeah. Uh, she like it's the it's exactly the um the kind of thing that you're talking about with G, uh, DJ with rock and roll. It reminds she's like the the babe on the Frazetta picture, you know, right. on top of the motorcycle. Absolutely. Like, all leather with the whatever. And that's and, a good yeah, the Frazetta the Frazetta reference is a good one. Yeah, exactly. She's the, she's just rock and roll. Yeah. A little bit of magic, you know? Yeah, like Tony Katayan. <laughs> That's the name from yep. the past. There you go. Um, you know, um, yeah, and so I think, put it this way, this time they're presenting him in such a way that 
you know, you, you know, it's, it's, they're not screwing anything up. Like when, you know, Vince, he's one of those people that Vince, whatever you think, I know, I know a lot of people, you know, don't like carrying cross. Um, but he's one of those people that, or these, you know, people we talked to on Twitter or whatever, don't like him much. Um, but he, look, Vince screwed him over. Okay. They had him coming out there looking like the gimp. Right from yeah from Pulp Fiction. <laughs> I mean, and that was I mean that was just bad. All right, um, there was nothing good about that. And so he's getting you know he's getting a chance to do, you know this is his thing his way, and to uh, you know sink or swim as his own guy. And you know Drew is a good person to put him with. And you know by the time this wraps up, then you know we'll we'll have a you know clear and fair picture really of. You know how exactly he fits here. Yeah, Dude, it's kind of promos about like timelines and like changing dimensions and stuff like that. It's obviously a metaphor that he's he's using, but it's still just man, he's hitting all the right notes right right now. And, and I got to give Cri- Triple H credit here. He's brought in this these new talents and he's put them in situations with the right people. Obviously, Solo Sokoa writes itself. Yeah. You know, but then putting Dakota and EO in with a, a very hot heel Bailey, um, pairing up Dexter Loomis with the Miz. If if the Miz can't get you over, you it ain't the Miz. You know, right. if you're in a program with the Miz and you don't get over, Miz ain't the problem. Um, and you could probably say the same thing with with uh, Drew McIntyre. If this doesn't work with Karrion Cross and Drew McIntyre, then Again, as Rob would say, then you know we have a clear picture as to who was right and who was wrong when it comes to Vince versus Triple H. Yeah, exactly, and um, and also, I mean, speaking, you know, uh, Champa with Miz, also that was yeah. um, put, putting them together. And Beautiful that, and, pairing. And now, and to be fair, that was something that was progressing over time, even when Vince was still there. Um, so that was you know that was a thing that you know progressed over a few months and then finally like culminated in them being together like they are now. And that's, you know, and that's a good, that's much better than bringing Ciampa in cold and having them wrestle matches and hoping that, you know, people take to him. Right. I, I, mean, I have a theory about Ciampa. I think low key Vince McMahon was a Tommaso Ciampa guy. Um, I watched one of the WWE specials on Ciampa after he had to go in for his neck surgery and he had to relinquish the NXT championship. And they were talking to him when he was at the hospital. And he's like, you know, talking about how, you know, he's worried. Obviously, we've talked on this show before when you get injured, especially an injury that's going to keep you out for a year. You lose your spot. You, You fall out of your lane and you have a hard time getting back in that lane. And he made the comment that he's like, you know, they pretty much told me no matter what, I've got a job when I come home. And that was still under Vince's watch. And that was under it. And granted, he was still in NXT, but that's still a call that Triple H couldn't really make, you know, because at the end of the day, Vince could say, you know what, this guy's broke his neck. He's white. Now he's out of here. You know, and, and for me, for somebody to be able to tell Ciampa then that, hey, you go take care of you and you're going to have a job when you come back. That comes from a higher power than Triple H at the time. So you know, I believe that Vince McMahon was all in on Tommaso Ciampa. Now, whether Ciampa was going to be a, a major player, to be determined, because Vince yeah. left at the, very, at the very beginning of it all. So what happens moving forward is 100% on Triple H. But I firmly believe that, that Vince McMahon believed in Tom, Tommaso Ciampa as a talent. 
as well, a, at the very least, he looked at that dude and said, "I need that guy in my locker room." Yes. Because, uh, well, because with you know, we talk about you know people being bigger and smaller and all of that, and how people look. Uh, you know, Champa's not like a super huge guy, but he looks like he can kick your ass. He does. He looks like a legit tough guy. Right, and that matters. And yeah, I know. And you know, and I'm sorry, it, it matters. It matters that you know that you look like you can fight. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it, it matters. This. At the, at the fighting promotion, really? I mean, because well, you know, some people try to tell you that you know that you know that it doesn't matter, and you know, and that you should just go along with it, you know, because they work so hard. They work and so let's, hard. Let's take let's take Taz. Taz is like five foot nothing, but I promise you, that dude looks like he can whoop somebody's ass. Right. Taz looks like he can take most people in a fight, and that's why short little fire plug looking Taz worked as well as he did. One, because he was an incredible worker, and two, yeah. because he looks like he could shoot whoop most asses. Yeah, and it matters. Okay. It does. You know, and um, I mean, Daniel Bryan or Brian Daniels and whatever. I mean, he looks like, you know, he looks like somebody you would not want to tangle with. Right, just, he looks like he can fight. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, hit on his wife in front of him. No, even I, I wouldn't I mean, hit on his wife behind his back. <laughs> no, but I mean, but he, but he's a he's a smaller guy. But I mean, he looks like somebody you would not want to mess with. Right. Um. And so, and I think that that definitely helps Champa. And I think Champa is going to be one of those rare, you know, because a lot of those guys they put with Miz, Miz makes them look great, you know, while they're together, and then they do the split, and then after the split. You know, the guy just kind of falls off the cliff. You know, and I think Ciampa is going to be one. He's going to be one of the few that actually that doesn't happen with. No, I think Tommaso Ciampa is going to be fine. He cuts a hell of a promo. He's great in ring. He looks like a million bucks. The only question mark in the air with Ciampa will be how well his body holds up. And that's always going to be concerned. After you have neck surgery like he did, he's had, I think, his neck done, shoulder done, at least one. I mean, the dude's. The dude's had some surgery. He's had some injuries. He's got some some wear and tear on that body, and he's even said himself he doesn't know how long he has. As long as his body holds up, I think the sky's the limit for Tommaso Ciampa. Yeah, and I mean, but you know, they can manage a schedule. Yeah. Um, he, you know, like you don't have to send them on the road. You know, and that you know, you I mean you you can have them work a few dates, but like you don't need to send them on a full road schedule. You know, he doesn't have to wrestle on TV every week. Um, you can do that and keep him from getting, you know, too worn out or whatever. Right. And he's the guy who, once his body says, okay, we've had enough, you transition that guy right into a backstage role. Yeah. Uh, like, he goes right into production. Or he goes down to the performance center. That, too. Either so one. I think that dude, I personally think unless, you know, something, like, goes way south, Tommaso Ciampa's got a job for life. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, you just when he when he says okay, I want to hang it up, and you go okay. What do you want to do now? Yep, absolutely. So, guys, I'm good. If you guys want to want to take it home, we can do that now. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, I got nothing else. All right, well, guys, fun show tonight. We had a good time. Uh, great talking with you guys. Is glad glad we had something to talk about other than Phil Brooks tonight. I, you know, <laughs> as, as much as he was the hot news and the hot word on the street. I got a little I got a little long in the tooth talking about our, our friend Mr. Punk over the last couple of weeks. Glad to see that we've moved on from that. Had a good show tonight, guys. Good stuff, man. 
Yeah, and I, I don't think we'll have to worry about talking about him for a while now. So. No, no, and then we're not going to talk any more about it tonight. You. <laughs> All right, I'm going to wrap back around the room here from the Rob the Genius podcast. Rob, sir, thank you. Oh, and uh, always a pleasure. And remember, NXT champions, do not step to Royal Rumble winners. Oh, God. <laughs> and Bucky's tag team partner, Jason, sir, thank you for another good show. Always a pleasure, my friends. All right. You have been listening to the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, DJ. Remember, you can call it pro wrestling. You can call it sports entertainment. You can call it whatever you want, but call it in the ring. And we're out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.